0: Hello, friends, and welcome to the show. This episode of HR Oxygen is brought to you by Boss Builders. At Boss Builders, our mission is to create the next generation of great bosses. We do this through a variety of training programs, which include our 13-month live masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Boss. This program provides the basic building blocks for being an effective lead, supervisor, or manager. We also have a 13-month live virtual masterclass, The Art of Being a Great Teammate, In this program, we work with individual contributors, building the people and technical skills that will make them more effective. Many of these modules refer to the work in our management program so all employees can be on the same page. A new program for this year is our Art of Being an Administrative Superstar. Your admin staff is the backbone of your organization. This program gives them the important problem-solving and decision-making tools which will absolutely increase their effectiveness. We offer a number of one-hour short topic seminars as well, and these are perfect for in-service training and brown bag lunches. Finally, we offer the opportunity to license all of our materials so your in-house trainers can deliver our programs. For more information, visit us online at thebossbuilders.com or call us at 931-221-2988. Well, as an HR professional, you know that oftentimes you feel overworked, overwhelmed, overstressed, and underappreciated. And of course, the HR Oxygen podcast, the one you're listening to right now, that's kind of our little hook line, isn't it? Make sure you're putting on your mask before assisting others. Well, we've never actually done, I guess, a lot of episodes that are designed to help you with self-care, but today would be one of the days we're going to do that. Our guest today is Carrie Ulrich. Now she is the co-founder of the Abracci Group and the co-author of the book, The Way of the HR Warrior. Carrie and I had a great talk about some of the common stresses that HR professionals face, but more importantly, how her and her business partner can actually help you get through those. To be able to re-energize yourself, rejuvenate yourself so that you can provide the support that is really required of somebody who has that role. In fact, she even has some great advice if right now you are a student thinking about changing your major to be in HR. What are some of the things that you can think about that might really help you do this career? A lot of great info from this. And so let's just go ahead and let Carrie do the talking. You know what time it is. Let's make sure that seat belt is buckled low and across your hips. Make sure your personal items tucked underneath the seat in front of you. Time for us to taxi to the runway.
1: Should the cabin lose pressure... Oxygen masks will drop from the overhead area. Please place the mask over your own mouth and nose before assisting others. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast, the show focused on the overworked, overwhelmed, and underappreciated HR professional. And now, here is the host of our show, the boss builder, Mac Monroe.
0: Carrie Ulrich, welcome to the show.
2: Thank you. I'm so excited to be here, Mac. Thank you for having me.
0: It's great to have you. And what the audience doesn't know is we were kind of just chit-chatting a little bit. And so f- full disclosure for all of my my one or two fans, I guess, uh, you <laughs> may not believe this, but I actually was born in California. And I know that most people say, oh my God, a Californian? Run! Uh, but ironically, I'm talking to another person who lives in California, an area that I used to visit when I was in high school. So it was really nice catching up. And so, Carrie, I want you to tell us what are the four seasons in California?
2: Uh, <laughs> well, Mac, uh, as yes, I, we could talk about California for a long time. I'm originally from the Midwest, so it's a fascinating culture to move into. And we were just joking that California does have four seasons. I am totally stealing this from the show, The Crazy Ex Girlfriend. Uh, and it is t shirt weather, or sorry, uh, tank top weather, t shirt weather, hoodie weather, and puffer jacket weather, which. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Those are our four seasons. You just have yeah, to take on a layer or off a layer. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. So if you're listening and, uh, you know, so we're, we're talking now of the first week of March, second week where we're supposed to be in spring and yes. here in Tennessee, we're supposed to hit 80 today. And I don't know what it's going to be like in the Coachella Valley for you, but, uh, I'm sure it's not yet quite uh pool weather.
2: Not, not quite, not quite. We might have a bit of rain, which is very exciting for people. Back in Chicago, if it was rain, people were not excited. However, here, ooh, rain. That's because you see it once in, what, every quarter maybe? So it's very exciting yeah, here to see it. rain.
0: <laughs> Absolutely. Well, great. Well, Carrie, we wanted you to come on the show today because you are the co-author of the book, The Way of the HR Warrior. And when we talked the last time, we talked a little bit about the oxygen mask, which is uh, kind of ironic, we're on the HR Oxygen podcast. It
1: could and, be more uh, so perfect,
0: Mac. How about that? So we're going to talk a little bit about that. But before we get to that, Carrie, aside from the fact that you uh, were from the Midwest and now live in the Coachella Valley, tell us how you got started and what you're working on in your business today. Tell us about your company.
2: Um, so it's interesting because my journey in HR wasn't necessarily, I didn't start off in HR thinking I was going to be in HR, It was more on the psychology side and being a clinical child therapist or doing something around that, that piece. Moved into HR for a variety of reasons, a little bit later after I um, went to school for a graduate uh, program. And then really found this amazing intersection of HR with the strategic piece that you could really kind of institute and programs that would help people. And if you actually help the supervisor and that supervisor is in a happier mood when they go home and that impacts the family. So you're almost doing this subversive psychology that I love so much. And so being in HR for quite a long time in larger companies and seeing how HR works at, when I started, it was 300 people in our HR department. So I didn't know any better. So I thought, oh my gosh, HR, you have so many resources. I can hear people (laughs) laughing now, Mac, the HR listeners. When you said 300,
0: you had them bribing right there. Yeah, Yeah. they
2: were falling over. And then I said, we had money. And then they fell over again. (laughs) Now I realize that was so wrong. But I love that I started off that way because I could see what good looked like. And I could see what it meant when you were sitting at the table and when people respected you and you were impacting the business and you could make this huge change. And so did that, the Fortune 500 companies and, and then worked in um, headquarters and then moved out to California for a startup. And then at the same time, one of my colleagues uh, who was on my team back in the Midwest, she moved out at the same exact time, about six months to California. And we've always talked about, do we start our own business? Do we do th- things a little bit differently at the at, around this time the book was coming out? So again, one of my colleagues, Monica, she and I decided that there was a lot of problems with HR. People had as we all know and your listeners know, we don't have the best reputation at times. So we thought what could we do instead of complaining or, or contributing to it, what could we do about it? And so that was the book that was the idea of the book of really helping hr it was to me a love letter to hr of hey we know this job is really tough and what can we do to help ourselves which is really difficult because we don't do that quite often and then what's that model and how can we make a bigger impact in the business and the world so then fast forward we start our own business and this is about we're in our sixth year And we really help. We have a couple things. We like to help HR. So we try to do workshops, uh, have lectures, webinars, whatever we can do to help HR get better. And then we do some fractional HR work when clients demand it, do some coaching and do some team building and use a lot of assessments. So that's what we do. That feels like it was a really long-winded way, Mac, but I'm so excited about HR, so I need to calm down, so I'll stop Well, now. no, I think that's great. I mean,
0: <laughs> after all, I mean, you are in the service business helping yes. people who are also in the service business, but when you are a caregiver, and essentially that's what you are in some respects in HR, the person that is giving the care often is the one that is suffering the most.
2: You, and I think if are... you're
0: listening today, that's probably be about right, wouldn't it?
2: Oh, my God, you're so right. And that's why I love the just the name of your podcast, HR Oxygen. This is, it's, it's funny, when Kelly and I started, we thought, your listeners will appreciate that we thought, oh, who wouldn't want to do an HR warrior workshop right away? Who doesn't want to sign up for our class and a webinar? And yes, there might be some people who really do want to sign up, but then what happens? They sign up and they go, "Uh uh-oh, I can't do it. The leaders need me right now. I can't. And Kelly and I saw this trend of HR people saying they want it, but then something else always happens and they can't do it and they put themselves last all the time. And it's why I feel like sometimes we're some of the unhealthier people at work. (laughs) Like we just, Mm -hmm. I talk to HR and it breaks my heart. It's like, well, I can't exercise or I can't do this or I can't because there's so much going on and I have to be so responsive. And this person called me at 530 in the morning and I have to take that. And we it's really hard for us because to put down those boundaries, Sometimes the business leader is like, well, you used to call me at 5am or used to meet me at 6am, and now you're putting down these boundaries. So it's really hard work. And we are the caregivers of the organization. And not only are we the caregivers, we're not overly respected, we don't get paid as much as salespeople, which I get why, but it's just it's tough, it's tough to be an HR person. And so like I said, the the book is a, a love letter to HR, but it's also come on, let's like step up our game too, because if we're better, then maybe we won't be in this kind of one down position sometimes, and maybe we can take better care of ourselves as well, because we should put ourselves first.
0: No, it's, it's, it's exactly what we see when we go to the conferences. Mm-hmm. You know, we see people who, I mean, I'm not going to say that people cut loose when they go to HR conferences, but it takes <laughs> them about a day, and then they start to let their hair down, and pretty soon, you know... Then I can just imagine, you know, the the conference is winding down, and you know you got to go back to work. You know how much work's been piling up, but you've just enjoyed having some focused time on you. And yeah. uh, I think that's that's huge, and, and we just don't do it. And Mm-mm. so I'm really glad that you guys have taken this on as your challenge,
1: mm-hmm. because
0: uh, my uncle years ago, he lives out actually he's ninety, almost a hundred now. He's ninety eight. Oh, wow. um, he lives in Riverside, and. And this is probably about 10 years ago. I went out there, I had a client out there. And so I thought, I'm going to go see my great uncle, Art. And because he's been an entrepreneur his whole life. And I thought, you know, I need to go get some wisdom. I was like at Mm -hmm. an impasse. And so we (laughs) talked. And so I says, you know, what advice do you have? And, you know, I'm waiting for this gem. And he's like, he says, who motivates the motivator? I'm like, what? He says, who motivates the motivator? I says, what are you talking about? He says, your job is to. Do all this? What do you do? I said, well, mm-hmm. I'm, I don't do anything. I said, I got to make money. He said, you've got to take care of yourself because you're the one who everybody's pulling—whether it's information from you, or it's techniques, or even just the listening ear. After a while, wears you down. And so, even though it didn't sound like it would be groundbreaking, it was very wise. And, mm-hmm. and I think the same thing goes. We we had a client. I won't say any more than this, but the HR person at this very busy and this client had some serious issues when i would go there to do training i would usually have lunch with her and lunch Mm -hmm. consisted of me sitting there while she just bawled her eyes out it was just like that like and i just i tell her i says when i'm here Mm -hmm. back the truck up dump it all out because i'm i I don't know what you're going through but i have a Mm -hmm. general idea but i don't have any skin in the game here so you need to do that. So I guess the oxygen mask analogy can look like various things, right?
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think, too, it's what's really hard about HR is not only is it hard for the caregivers to put themselves first. So just automatically, that's a little bit difficult because we tend to be more helper, like you said, caregivers. But then we really can't share anything either with other people. So. It is a job of not just a ton of work because I have to manipulate spreadsheets all day. Right. That's 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 hard work up to a point. But this is harder to me. It's harder work is the emotional piece of it. And so someone's telling you, I feel slighted. I can't get along with my manager. I don't know what's going on. I'm afraid I'm going to get fired. I mean, you get so much emotional stuff put on you and then you really can't share it with anyone either. So you, you have this, I'm already kind of one down because I'm a caregiver, then the the work I can't really share it sometimes with people. And so where is this outlet? So I'm so happy that person had you though, just to cry and, and get it out. Because how does HR get it out? We're actually trying to start some development circles, Mac of mm-hmm. something to help HR. So we, we've done some things in the past, like I said, a class, but that always Some people, well, I can't because now they need me and there's an investigation and I get that. But how do you put yourself first? And so we're starting to pilot with a group. I just I sent my newsletter out. I asked who's interested. We got like, you know, 10, 12, 15 names back or something like that. And we're just going to say what works for you. So instead of us thinking that maybe we know with a class or a webinar or something, what actually works and it could be Mac, they go, you know what, I need a lunchtime partner to go, what the heck? I can't mm-hmm. like this is bananas. What's going on here? Maybe that's it. I don't know. So that's what we're trying to figure out. How can we help better?
0: Yeah. Well, I don't think you'll have any shortage of people who are going to a participate or b give you some ideas. Right. Um, right. Yeah, I think it's probably all over. So yeah,
2: because I think we really need it now, and especially with COVID and coming out of COVID, and it's such a focus on mental health and more and more employees are demanding it. And so what are we doing for HR for ourselves around that as well? Because I don't want these good HR people to burn out. And it's pretty easy profession to burn out or become that super jaded HR person that is, of course, in the movies and the TV shows (laughs) who hates people and goes paperwork or whatever that pushes, you know, pushes you to the next person or something like that. So we don't want that in HR at all.
0: Well, I don't think anybody goes into it Thinking that's how they'll turn out. No, um, just like, the, nope. like no, nope. nobody comes out of medical school saying, "I want to be one of those surgeons that's a total ass in the right. OR. I want to be <laughs> that guy. Like they don't, but they eventually wind up there because that's what their peers are doing. And I, that's my fear. With I mean, because I've seen. You know, we we do a, the Middle Tennessee Sherm. We have a mentoring program there, and I've participated. and And it's usually students that are getting their masters, mm-hmm. uh, either in OD or in HR. And you know, they're all excited, and uh-huh. like we're going to change the world. And I thought, I know you are. I said, but you're going to go through hell to get there. Yeah. And you know, I don't know if they fully understand, but I love the fact that there's resources out there that yes. you know that you guys are promoting. So, yes. so let me ask you when yeah. you, when you when you and your partner, your business partner is Kelly, right?
2: Mm-hmm. Kelly. All
0: right. So, when you and Kelly do an intervention, uh, is it a combination of we provide education through a webinar, do you do, you know, sort of just round table chats, do you do one-on-ones? What does it look like?
2: Yeah, I think it it kind of depends. So, I think for us, we're usually very grounded in how can we do assessments first? So we're always trying to get to, what, how are you kind of wired? What are your values? What are, you, what are your traits? How, are you, how do you operate? Once you kind of understand the assessment piece of it, then it's, okay, well, what are your goals and where do you wanna go? So that's kind of the plug and play of assess the goals, how do we do the development? And then I think what what happens then looks very different in between. So it could be that I'm assessed and I'm you know, really good at the details and I'm just not good at storytelling. And so whatever that development is within there, that's what we have to figure out. And then how do we reinforce it? And how do we make sure that it sticks? So Kelly and I have seen way too, it, it's fun. Let me back up one second. I never thought I'd be a consultant because the consultants I worked with were always quite annoying because they would come in and dump, especially big companies, right? Cause they would come in and oh my God, this is what you need kind of slightly condescending of like i can't believe you don't know this and then they would give you some information and then there was no action to it so it to me felt like we spent 20 dollars 60,000 on the company to say here's some data bye and they didn't mm-hmm. stay to to implement it and that to me is always so difficult it's rather to, i mean it's fun to do strategy and i love it and i could sit in a room and do those things but the hard part is actually implementing it, especially if you have ten thousand employees across the world. Whoa! How do you do all that? And so Kelly and I, as consultants, I almost cringe just a smidge when we first started. I'm like, oh, I'm a consultant. Oh, great! That's that's a whole like you already don't like HR, and I'm a consultant. It's like, <laughs> uh, oh my goodness. So we're very focused on action. So how do you, that? You have to have the awareness. You have to have a plan, but how do you follow up and how do you do something with it? How do you implement it? So how do we follow up? We'd love to do follow up calls of 30, 60, 90 days and make sure that it's sticking and it becomes some type of habit for you. So that's what we're really focused on. So it's kind of the, again, we have the same framework and then Mm -hmm. whoever you are, team, HR, client, it's always very different in between, but the framework's the same.
0: That's great. Do you use generally the same assessments on everyone or do you vary them depending on the situations?
2: we'd vary them depending you know if you're a really big group and you have money constraints or something like that but our favorite if we could do it all day long would be the caliper They're based out of Princeton, New Jersey, that is my favorite, favorite assessment.
0: So I'm not familiar with that one. Tell me about that one.
2: Yeah, that one, it's a a longer one. It's a little more expensive, but the Mm -hmm. data that you get from it, so they analyze your traits, so there's probably 15 or 20 on there from how there's math and puzzles on it. So from how you like to think about patterns to how resilient you are to if you're social versus gregarious how urgent you are how much you like to sell and influence and it does it by percentiles so it'll be normed against the united states if you're in the united states so for me um things that come very naturally to me i didn't realize that well they don't come naturally to other people right isn't that kind of our as humans mm-hmm. you think oh well it's natural for me it's probably obvious for other people and so it gave me this language so for example i love to brainstorm. And I'm like, I don't know, 95th percentile or something like that. And of course, I think, well, who doesn't? So I remember I had this coworker and I was staring. I'm like, let's brainstorm now. Let's figure this out. And it's a complete white sheet of paper. And I'm all excited. And he's just staring at me. And I kind of thought something's wrong with him. Right. I mean, I didn't I didn't realize. And then we did the caliper and he's like one percentile on brainstorming. (laughs) He hates it. He hates it. And so then it just the lights went on. I said, oh, my goodness, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. And he hates it as much as I love it. And so then you realize how to manage your work. So I would brainstorm it first and then he loves the details, which I don't love. So that's how we would figure that out. But that's why it's one of my favorite, because it gives people a language to understand themselves and to understand their teams.
0: So when you do a debrief on somebody's assessment, how often are they just completely shocked? Uh, Do you you get that?
2: No, I don't get like completely shocked Mm because usually that's, once in a great while but usually they go huh yeah it sounds about right it sounds about right it just gives them a language to say it so for example i didn't know i was that much of a brainstormer and now oh that makes sense why i act like that or i have very low external structure which means i question a lot of things which if you don't understand that about me it's probably quite annoying so now i know and now i can manage myself better so i've i found that most people Oh, it makes sense. They just have a better language for it now. But they're not usually completely shocked um, by it. But they're always very uh, thoughtful and they think, oh, this really helps. This helps me understand. Usually I have this moment of I'm going to take this to my spouse. And I'm going to show them. And, yeah, and hey, this I'm, makes my sense. spouse
0: needs this. Can I get a copy for my spouse? Because he really, he really that. could benefit. Yeah. Yes, I have
2: <laughs> had that where people are like, you'll, you'll, can you do this for my spouse? Because then we, because you really do see, especially using the caliper, any really assessment, you can see where those conflicts are, and mm-hmm. say, oh, and now it's not personal. Because that's all I really want from it is it's just not personal. It's just oh, we approach something very different. Well, different. I
0: think it's the big, the biggest piece is self awareness. Now I know yep. why I'm so exhausted, and now I can yes. learn how to budget my 100%. time better and avoid the things that drain me at least first in the day. So yeah, yeah, I think it's great. I, I love the yeah. fact that you're using that, and then I guess they get debriefs by you and Kelly. Yep. to take them deeper. Yeah,
2: and I think for HR especially, like you said, Mac, that energy. And so if I'm in HR, but I really um, hate to sell an influence, which is kind of what you have to do in some. Mm-hmm. Now you can see why I'm either avoiding it, why maybe that stops my career and why I'm so tired. And if I'm not overly gregarious at times and I have to talk to people all the time, well, now I'm tired. So it can really help you figure out your energy.
0: So tell me about the CHARGE framework.
2: Yeah. So in the book we talk about, because we're so cute, right? CHARGE, warrior, I know, it's nice, mm-hmm. huh?
0: Yeah. Um Figure so the it's charge- like the art of war I'm reading. Yeah, now. yeah, exactly. like Navy SEAL wrote it, yeah.
2: Yes, yes. We're similar to Navy SEALs, Mac in HR.
0: Well, we you do- put up with the same kind of nonsense, I'm sure. <laughs> I was yeah, say, you just can't see- shoot people. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> um and so so we came up with okay, what are those basic in HR they often talk about here's the four quadrants, you need to be strategic. Which we all go, uh huh, yep. But what Monica and I found was well what are those basic things that you need in order to even get to the strategic level, in order to be that really good partner to the business. So we actually ask business partners, what do you need out of your HR people? And That's how kind of this, this, um, this framework came about. So the C in CHARGE stands for courage. And it's really about, do I have the courage to say what needs to be said? Do I have the courage maybe to set my own boundaries and take care of myself in HR? So it, you can look at it for how you're working for the organization and how it works for you as well. So that's courage. H is that humility. And so in HR, especially what we see is a lot of HR people get put on the spot and like, hey, what's that law in Colorado about X, Y, and Z? And
0: As HR... if that's all you do is breathe and sleep the new right. laws, right? Yeah. Right.
2: But HR people, because they feel like, oh, I better have an answer. It's really hard for HR people not to, to say, I don't know or let me get back to you or that's you know what that could be an interesting new law I have to figure that out especially in California everything changes I always want to talk to my employment attorney first and but that's really hard it's hard to not be the expert and that puts a lot of pressure on HR people and that's one of the things we hear a lot is well I have to know everything no you don't you can Mm -hmm. say I don't know and give yourself a break and give yourself grace and then take care of yourself better a is accuracy So that's the, what is the root cause of this issue? So if the client comes to you and says, Hey, I need a training because we don't know how to manage conflict. And instead of saying, sure, let's do the training tomorrow, you say, you know what, let's step back, let's figure out why. And sometimes it's really, you don't need a training. It's one person and you need to deal with that one person. So what's the accuracy? So it's like the five whys going for root cause. And then the R is resilient because as we know in HR, if you do not have that resiliency piece, it is a, it's tough. It's tough to be in HR if you can't bounce back Mm -hmm. Um, because your day can go from, I had to lay someone off in the morning and partner with someone to I have to kick off a new hire orientation in the afternoon and be all excited. Mm And just that's rough. And then, you know, secrets sometimes too of how the financials are or, you know, executive leaving, those are tough things to handle. So how do you have that resiliency? The goal orientation is the G, and that's around HR having the same goals as the business. So being able to tie those goals to the business. So what we saw a lot with HR is saying, well, it's really important, I went to a SHRM event and they talked about how this engagement thing was really important and I'm gonna do it. But the business isn't asking for that. And you can't tie it to the business. So we might think it's important or think it's interesting, but if we can't tie it to the business goals, if you can't explain what you're doing in the elevator, the elevator 30-second elevator ride, the business won't appreciate it. They'll go, "Why is HR doing that stuff? It has nothing to do with driving the business." And the exemplary, which is E, which is really tough. That means when we tell people that we're doing something, we also have to do it. So what is it? You have to talk. Walk the talk. Right.
0: Um,
2: and so unfortunately, there and I can hear the HR folks laughing now, how many in HR do we tell people, do your development goals, have a development plan, do your performance goals, do your compliance training, and then have we done it? No. No. And ha- are we late in doing something? Yes. So if we're going to tell people, because what's interesting, there's so many eyes on us, Mac, that you don't even realize in HR that everyone's kind of watching you. And people will say, oh, well, I mean, Carrie talks a big game about managing performance, but I see her team, they don't hit their goals at all. And so it's really like, you have to be this exemplary example for the business because they watch you and you might not want that sometimes and you just want to be ignored, but people see you and you're a role model for these things. So that's the charge model. So if you do all those things, boom, you're
0: an HR warrior. There you go. <laughs> it's just that Well easy. So, so, so on that note, because that that my mind is kind of flowing now, maybe it's the brainstorming in my head, but <laughs> all right, so let's say, so the people who are listening now are already in the role and we're preaching to the choir. They're like, yep. you know, yeah, yep. preach it, preach it, right? Yeah. Yep. Um, so what about the, so I'm trying to remember when my daughter went through this, uh, the person who's probably a, uh, in their, maybe their sophomore year of college, and they're having okay. to get ready to declare their major, and they've been thinking about HR. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about HR as their major, and they just happened to stumble upon this episode of the podcast, where we're yep. basically saying, hey, it's the way of the HR warrior. you got to be resilient. you got to be tough. You're going to put up all this stuff. Um, we've painted a picture of a very, very tough career choice. Mm-hmm. And, by the way, the money's not going to be as yeah. great as you probably think it's going to be. So <laughs> why would that student who might have stumbled upon this episode, why should they go ahead and declare HR as their major? Yeah, With all I, of that to look forward to.
2: Love it. I love it because here's the thing. It is such a freaking awesome career because you get an impact at a level that you could not impact if you were an accountant, or supply chain, you make an impact that way. But if you really want to make an impact in people's lives, and change the way they view work, that they could impact with their family, you can be in HR. That's amazing. And it's that end goal that keeps me personally going through all the BS sometimes that you have to go through. Um, But you really do make a significant impact in people's lives, they will remember you everyone gets hired or leaves a job. I mean, this is you have the impact, you have the ability to impact so many people and make it a beautiful hiring process that people go, Oh, I was treated with respect. I was treated with um, with respect and people listened to me. And this was an amazing place to work. And it changed my life because I found a job like this is the impact of HR that you can have on the world and the company and families. That's amazing. Where else do you get that? Where else do you get that? But to have that amazing impact means that it's a tough job. You don't get, you know, when you think of teachers or any kind of caregiver, you have the ability to make such a significant impact, but it's hard work. And that's what I tell people. And when people, Mac, say, I'm in HR because I love people, if that's the first thing they say, because I Mm -hmm. like people, oh, I get very worried for them. (laughs) Because because it's really hard work. And sometimes you'll find that people – once in a while are gaming the system, some employees, not everyone is like, Oh, I'm here to do great stuff. They might start out that way, but then they kind of figure out a few games, silly stuff to do. Um, and you have to deal with that and you have to make really tough decisions. And so if you're only there because you like people that that's when that's a tough, that's tough. You got to find a bigger cause than just, I like people to be in HR.
0: Although it doesn't hurt to like people.
2: You should like that. Yeah, I mean, it yeah, it could be your third third thing. It's like saying say.
0: that the, the worst thing about healthcare are the doctors and the patients. Everything else is great, right?
2: <laughs> Sorry, let me let me clarify. Thank you, man. It should be like the third thing or second thing you say. But if it's the first going in that the only reason you're in HR is because you like people, that's when it's like, ooh, then yeah. you can get real oh, jaded yeah. real fast because you're like, I used to like people and now I don't like them anymore. Now I'm like the sad little hr person but no yeah, yeah. you got to find a bigger cause thank you for clarifying that matt oh no no i just want to make sure yeah
0: it doesn't it doesn't hurt to you know like people oh yeah no it's good bit. you should i
2: find them fascinating <laughs> which keeps me going so I'm like what is this person gonna do today just couldn't predict that well wow. especially with
0: your background with psychology i'm sure it's uh, sometimes mm-hmm. just a walk in case study but oh, you know, it's probably very it interesting
2: Yes it is. It also helps, I will say for HR for development and oxygen since we're talking about HR development, the ability to kind of look at it from a more scientific perspective sometimes and remove yourself from it and is very helpful because sometimes it's so hard not to get involved and when people are yelling at you or whatever, but how can you kind of separate yourself and be a little bit more scientific and look at it like a case study, it is very helpful. It helps with my resilience piece for sure.
0: Excellent. Well, I guess the last thing we got to talk about is how does my audience get in touch with you? So if you are in the role right now and you have really identified with what Carrie was talking about today, uh, or if you might be that student who's getting ready to declare that major and you know, you think I just need to kick the tires a little bit longer, Carrie, what is the best way for us to reach out to you and to your business partner, Kelly? And secondly, how do we get a copy of the book?
2: Yep. Well, you know, the book's on Amazon. So right mm-hmm. there, go for it. Go on Amazon. Um, if you want to buy like more than one, give me a call. Maybe I'll sign some and send them to you. So that's All exciting. Right. I know.
1: Yeah.
2: Um, and give it to you for slightly cheaper. Um, and then <laughs> we're at abracigroup.com. And that's pretty A-B-B-R-A-C-C-I group. So there's only one of us. It's not a very common uh, word. So it means hugs in Italian, by the way. Hugs and embrace Abraci. in Italian. I thought it was
0: Italian, but I couldn't. bracci. Yeah. yeah. I thought it might have been your business partner's last name or something. Nope. So.
2: Nope. We have both German last names, and we went for an Italian word. So because uh, Italian embrace and hugs is far better than the German word for embrace or hugs. So that's easy. <laughs> you There's a contact form. You can also look me up on LinkedIn. There's only one of me. It's not a very common name, so you can find me. Me and contact me there as well. Excellent.
0: Well, Carrie, thank you so much for spending thank some time you, with us today. If you were listening, the book is The Way of the HR Warrior. Uh, Carrie, thanks so much for spending time sharing your perspectives. Uh, we really appreciate it.
2: Thank you, Mac. And thank you for what you're doing for HR and trying to give them oxygen and help this overworked profession. Thank you, Mac, for everything you're doing.
0: Well, thanks for taking the time to listen to another episode of the HR Oxygen podcast. I hope you enjoy listening to these as much as I enjoy making them. I've learned so much from the guests we've had on the show over the past few years, and I hope that you will continue to listen to us regularly. If you are a subscriber on any podcast app or channel, would you do us a favor and take a moment and leave us a review? We would really, really appreciate it. Also, if you have the time, check out all the offerings we have on our website, which is thebossbuilders.com. We have every other month a Sherm credit webinar that we present as well as a ton of other events, not to mention our Art of the Great Boss and Art of Being a Great Teammate programs. More information on that site today. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen, and we'll look forward to seeing you on the next episode. Oh, by the way, you may want to unbuckle that seatbelt. I think we just arrived at the gate.
1: Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the HR Oxygen Podcast. We hope you found something today that will relieve your stress, feed your soul, and pump you up to face another day. At Boss Builders, we want to let you know that we appreciate the hard work you do every day as an HR professional. And, as a reminder, always make sure to adjust your own oxygen mask before attempting to help those around you. Be well.